Yeah, so we, so Todd and I pulled into this little restaurant to get something to eat, and I just parked the rental car and didn't think anything about it. As we get out of the car, this guy wearing a suit says, nice job parking. I was like, what's he talking about? And I, evidently, I took up two parking spots on the side of this little hill. Hmm. And so Todd says, well, thank you, sir. And I'm like, wait, I... What? What did I do wrong, right? And so Todd's like, give this about five seconds of your life. Don't let this bother you. But now every time I park, I'm like, what do you think, Todd? Did I park okay this time? Or So I think I'll probably need therapy over that. But So we were at a place called Mike's Mike's Feed Store? Oh, uh, Mark's. Mark's Feed, Mark's Feed yeah, Store. And in the parking lot is, uh, it's a, it's kind of an old gas station or something. I, it's an old feed store. Oh, yeah. Oh, hence the word feed store, yeah. And so the parking lot's really slanted and crooked. And uh, Bob was driving some big, uh, like the Queen Mary uh, truck, and <clears throat> and he parked it super appropriately. And this guy was just kind of a snot bag and made this mean comment. And I, I've always found that when people make mean comments, the best way to defuse them is act like they're nice comments. So like when pe- when people flip you off, wave back. Because then what you've done is you've totally cut the payoff, so they're not getting the satisfaction of being judgmental on you. And they spend the whole rest of the night wondering, well, did he, did he think I actually waved at him? I mean, Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I am your host for today. Uh, Todd Conklin. That is uh, my name. That's what they. If you look at my driver's license, that's what it'll say. Todd E. Conklin. And you're tuning in to another marvelous podcast for the podcastiness uh, that is Podcastville. And that's good. And the weekend's kind of a this interesting weekend because it's a holiday weekend. Uh, it's actually in the United States the weekend after Thanksgiving. I think that's when this will come up. I could get this wrong um, because that's the week we're in. Yeah, so I think I think it's right. who knows. I uh, often uh, calendars and time zones are complex for me, uh, and if you know me, you know that's true. So that's not even a lie. Anyway, it's a uh, this is gonna be a fun podcast. I'm trying to think if there's anything exciting to share with you um, as we head into the uh, best month ever, which you know is coming up, and so that's good. But uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope everything was great. It's uh, such a great holiday. It's it's good. If you're Canadian, you do it earlier. You you get the jump on us. Uh, I don't know if other places do it. I, I should have looked this up. I should be smarter than this, actually. I'm not as smart as I should be on this. But it's, uh, it's my favorite holiday because it's a holiday about uh, gratitude. And so that's good. I mean, I think everyone should sort of stop and, and uh, take a moment and be grateful. And it... Uh, it's celebrated with incredible food, um, amazing food. I'm not a huge fan of turkey, to be really honest with you. In fact, I think turkey is relatively boring. But I love every single other dish that is served worth, with it. So the turkey is kind of like the – it's not the star of the show. It's um, it's the reason we have stuffing. It's the reason there's mashed potatoes. It's the reason there's gravy. So it's important, but it's not sufficient. I guess that's a good way to think of it. Um, anyway, it's a great holiday because it's it's not it's not burdened with a lot of other things: gift giving, gift buying, receiving, all this kind of thing. It's just it's just about a moment to sort of sit back and and be grateful and and uh, 
And I always think that's it's probably worth the time. You can tell by the intro today that uh, that this is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm looking forward to it. It was great to hear Bob to tell his parking story. You don't know, but he really is still to this day kind of freaked out about that because that guy criticized him. And, you know, geez, you, you just, you know, seven-second rule, man. You can spend seven seconds being totally freaked out, but after seven seconds you have to stop because – you know, Bob's not in charge of how that guy felt about his parking. Bob, I promise you, was parking to the best of his ability with no malintent, none, zero. And so this guy's freaking out on him for kind of no reason. It just seemed odd to me. But it was funny, and it's still funny. And it's clearly still a problem because he told the story when we were recording a great little conversation podcast that I think you'll like. This podcast this week features uh, Ron, the great Ron Gant, the amazing Bob Edwards, and moi. That's French for me. And uh, it's just kind of a check-in. It's been a while since the three of us talked. It's been a while since the three of us talked anyway. It's really been a while since the three of us talked on a podcast. And so this opportunity was a little too good to pass up. And so I thought, well, why not get out the old microphone and... Uh, sit around and, and have a chat. And so that's what we did. And it's great. We talked about a couple things. We were What started this is we were talking a little bit about um, mindfulness, attention, situational awareness, those kind of things. Because um, ultimately, we're looking always when we're together at kind of where everybody's thinking, what, what people are reading and, and uh, what's going on. And that sort of spread its way into a a bigger conversation that we had sort of about the future and, and kind of what the future holds, at least in the near term, for a kind of more applied uses of this theory. Because there is kind of a lot of heat um, if you look at some of the web pages and and if you talk to people in the street about the sort of the separation between the theoretic and the practical. But it's pretty interesting when you sit down with people who who sit and work a lot at the practical level to see how much – um, juice these ideas have in practice. And and so that's kind of what this podcast talks about. I, th- I think you'll enjoy it a lot, actually. It was it certainly was um, a bunch of laughs for us to make, and, and it's always kind of fun. And I always get really good feedback when we do these conversation ones. People like them. I think they, they make you feel like when you're driving to work in your car that you're with friends. You know what I mean? A whole group of friends. Your car is filled with friends, and you can sort of have that, that – um, that conversation with us. And that that's what's most important. So without much more fanfare, uh, because I have quite a bit of fanfare on me right now, I think I'll pass it right over to the podcast and kind of let the podcast carry itself. Enjoy. And uh, I'll talk to you on the backside of this. Here is Ron Gant, Bob Edwards, and myself on a conversation um, about the world and life and safety and the new view, and doing things differently, and paradigm shifts. Here it is. So what's been up, Dr. Bob Edwards, who has not been on the podcast for um, a really long time, now that you're a video star? What's been up? Well, I've uh, just been really busy working with a lot of different companies, enjoying the heck out of this, all this stuff that we're doing. And I think it's exciting because you, you and I talked about one of the clients that we've been working with that's now made a 
pretty substantial improvement, which we were kind of concerned, right? We won't say who it was, but and then here, boom, they made this great sort of next step. And that's energizing for me, so it's, it's, it keeps me fueled to keep going and keep pushing ahead. Cause so what 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 does success look like? I mean, what is it? This is probably the most important question I've asked in a long time. What's it look like? Well, in this case, they actually are getting comfortable with learning, really learning about the real we talk about it all the time, the blue line, the real deal, how work actually gets done. Instead of investigating people, actually saying, wait a minute, let's let's listen to them and hear what they have to say about how they have to get their work done. And Ron Gant, Dr. Ron Gant, how's your life? What are you up to now? What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, same, really busy. Um, you know, just uh, also working with some organizations. Uh, it's not interesting. No, it's super uninteresting. <laughs> so, but so no, so, so uh, you know, kind of I'm on the converse. You know, a few of the organizations I'm working with are running into those roadblocks about, you know, going to default explanations for why things are happening. You know, the, the problems they're having are as a result of people not caring enough, uh, people who uh, aren't following the procedures, um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's like you guys were saying a, a minute ago, you know, and Bobby, I think you said it in particular that they're not that interested in what's really happening. They're more interested in what should happen right. than what is happening. And, you know, one of the things I'm really trying to convince them of is how limiting that explanation is, you know, because, yeah, the, sh- sure, they should have done this, that, or the other thing, but that doesn't matter what should have happened. Let's talk about what did happen and what we're going to do to make it better, you know, because people get so focused on these non-realities, it, it you know, it kind of, it, it, it's limiting. Again, at the end of the day, it just limits the options, the the things that are available to them to make things better. Do you, do you find that, do you find that uh, all this stuff that you're doing Ron, this is for you, okay? Uh, it actually, actually, uh, it impacts more than just your work life. Like, like, like my kids, I hear this stuff parented back and said back to me. My my four, my twelve year old son was in the bathroom cleaning up water on the floor. He was, you know, and I walked in and I said, "What's going on?" And he said, "Oh, I didn't get the shower curtain put in there right, and Mom's making me clean this up." She went straight to blame, Dad. She went straight to blame, right? And so it's just funny to watch. Is it? Are you seeing it kind of impact your uh, your family as well, your own personal life? Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, I mean, because you know, in the transition to the new view, it changed my worldview. You know, this wasn't just a change in you know, just like here are how I do work, right? Um, and so obviously it changes the way I interact with my family and everything. Um, it uh, <laughs> it created some conflict because some of my perspectives on political things that now are contrary to what my family is, uh, but that's a separate discussion for a separate day. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, like in particular, actually, uh, my wife uh, really struggles with a lot, uh, some chronic illnesses, and mental illness, and some other like uh, nerve conditions and stuff like that, and it changed the way we approach that problem. It's not just a function of try harder; it's a function of creating conditions that allow someone to be healthy. Not even just creating conditions that allow someone to not be sick. You know what I mean? It's it's about okay, how can we create a condition where this person can thrive? And so, like, it helped me think differently even about that and. You know, and even as we're kind of having discussions about, you know, okay, why certain things are happening, why problems are happening, you start to move away from, 
you know, what should have happened and what, you know, okay, well, we should have done this. Well, no, let's, what are we going to do next? Where are we headed? You know, where, it changes your response, right? it, absolutely. And, you know, I think something Todd hinted at the very beginning, you know, it's, it's, it's a choice that we make, you know, it's not necessarily, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about. It's not necessarily that one approach is right or wrong. It's just, which one's more useful, which one's more productive, right. you know? And, and at the end of the day, thinking more about, how can we move forward from this and identify the conditions that create the con- the, the outcome we want? It seems more more useful conversation. So I think you're onto something because this idea that you choose the path that is more productive that seems quite strategic and doable, and it sort of takes away this sort of notion that the world is acting upon you, mm-hmm. and allows you to have the power to act upon sort of the uncertainty that the world presents to you organizationally. Uh, to me, that's 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 super interesting. I've been thinking about not that, but I've been thinking about the fact that if we – it's kind of the same thing. If we want to engage employees, we have to give them something engaging to do, mm-hmm. right? So, so many times they'll say, well, you know, we we use our employees to check the procedure. They're constantly – you know, they walked it down. But what I'm starting to realize is that one of the reasons I think um, Bob is so successful in what he does with, with organizational learning – is he actually doesn't use the employee to create the answer. He uses the he engages the employee to create the question. And when you give people a meaningful reason to be engaged, then it strikes me that engagement is the next logical outcome. Yeah. And when you think of it that way, then actually it becomes it's just like you said, it, it becomes a way that you can actually create information that's useful and meaningful to the organization. It's not a ceremonial ticket punch. It's actually leveraging the organization to improvement. And improvement is really an interesting part of it. So you just did a big masterclass just culture workshop, yeah. right? Um, how'd that go? Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, so, yeah, we had Sydney Decker. We had a lot of people from industry there. Um, I didn't deliver it. I was more of a recipient of it and helped setting it up. But, uh, no, I think, you know, the idea of justice has always been problematic for me because that's that terminology. I I just don't know how to wrap my head around it, but I like the idea of restoration. I like the idea of creating forward looking accountability because it, it coincides with what we're talking about, right? About, you know, not, let's not focus on, you know, who, what should or shouldn't happen, who should or shouldn't be punished for what did happen in the past. Let's focus on, okay, how do we, make people whole and better even than we left them, you know, and it gets to that idea we were talking earlier about operational excellence and that's about the capacity to learn from yourself or the, the organization learning from itself. Um, and so to me, that idea of just culture or, or about creating a culture that allows itself to be accountable in a forward looking way is about creating the capacity to learn, you know, and, and that capacity to learn has to, you know, it's like you said about engagement, I think, because um, engagement, I think, is something you can discover, not necessarily something you create. And so learning what is engaging your employees and why is it engaging your employees, I think, is a really crucial part of operational excellence. I think when you say restorative, it's um, not when you say it. Well, when you say it, it sounds scary. But I think when people say it, it sounds scary. <laughs> and I'm like you. I, I'm not in love with the word just. Um, I don't really. 
it implies courts and legal systems and I'm not really sure and like scales and half naked women and grapes and justness I'm really more attracted by the word learn than than just and you were saying earlier that Eric Hallnagel actually uses the word fair ultimately I think all those words are probably okay but ultimately where we want to go is this restorative nature and I think we look at restoration as hard to do but it's actually really I mean it's just three questions it's really easy we were on one this week that's why we're all together so something bad happens you choose as a leadership team how you're going to respond to it you want to respond to it in a way that gives you the most information, the most ability to actually affect positive change. So that's a strategic decision. And the questions are really simple. Who will be hurt next or who can also get hurt? What do we need to do to fix it? And who's in charge of doing that? Yeah. And those aren't terribly complex questions, actually. What's interesting is thinking that way changes the entire tenor of the investigation because where once I think investigations looked backwards and really tried to solve the problem that just happened, a restorative look at an event actually looks forward and actually restores the organization's ability to do high-risk work really better than they did it before. And, and I think that's a big part of it. But it all hinges really on the ability to step back and say strategically, am I going to let the world act upon me or am I going to act upon the world? And and you hear so much, I mean, you were talking about politics, which is kind of a funny thing to talk about, but you hear so much victim speak, so much victim language. Um, they're bad. They need to be better. I mean, we have more elaborate ways to say that. Ultimately, what we want to say is what role do I play in actually bringing this organization back to a place where it can do this work? Who will be hurt or who was hurt? What do they need, and who's in charge of getting it to us? So what's next, Bob Edwards? It's a new year. We're, we're right on the crux of a new year. Um, what's your plan for 2000 and what is it, 18? Holy buckets. Are you kidding me? What's your plan for 2018? Uh, keep doing what we're doing. Don't don't back off. Don't let up, right? That's, it's, it, well, it's not a New Year's resolution either. Yeah, uh, which by the way, I'm still doing two of the ones I started the year out with. Really? But the one about not eating French fries—that was stupid. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I gave up on that one a long time ago. But I, I think the next place for for where I'm headed is is really um, like the circle of control, like Andrea talked about when we did our workshop in Berlin. You, you guys are just talking about it too. I can't impact the whole world. None of us can really, but but there is something around our area here that we have some impact on that we can make a difference with. And the more that we can realize we're not victims, that we, in fact, can make the, the area around me better. And maybe I can, you know, that next level is what, area of influence? But circle of control, what can I do? And then what can I help uh, sort of that next level? I can't solve the world's problems, but let's try to solve the stuff that's near us. And I think the more we're doing this, the more we're realizing, wow, this is starting to pick up a little bit of momentum. So we don't want to slow down. So that's not a plan, but that's where my thinking is. That's certainly good enough. I'm, I'm giving you 10 points for that. 10? Yeah. How many? Out of 1 to 10. That's the highest mark I can give you. 10 out of 100 would be not that good, but this is a high mark. So for me, next year is going to be interesting because I think, I think it's time that we look at understanding ultimately 
what this new view means to the greater good. So now we're going to look at this around things like overall operations and how we can actually build systems that are resilient enough for production, resilient enough for profitability, resilient enough for social justice and fairness, resilient enough for safety, resilient enough for environmental, so that we actually can make a big difference. For the new year, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna exercise on letting go. That's that's my goal for next year. So we'll see if it works, but I've been thinking about this a lot. Is is I'm gonna create a process where I let something go every single day. And if I can't think of anything to let go, then I have to take something from my house and give it to the Salvation Army. That's wow. that's my plan, I think. Ron, what do you think? I like that a lot. Um, make me the co-author of that. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, next year's continue to keep learning and growing. I'm still in school, of course, uh, so I hope to finish that one day. Uh, that's one of my goals for next year. But it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, third period's Prom. pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. Prom yeah. Up. I'm, Prom's coming up. I'm pretty stressed about that, guys. You know, I'm really not sure if any. You know, uh, if I'm going to be able to find a real date. Popular. So yeah. <laughs> oh God, so many nightmares. Um, no. So uh, in particular, uh, for me, it you know kind of. Really, and I think you know, Todd, you, you were saying it really well. Helping people to see the intersection of all of these things that we talk about separately, you know, um, and and how because we we often okay safety. When you talk about safety, you talk about hazard and risk, and when you talk about production, you talk about you know throughput, and you talk about all these you talk other about quality. You talk about first pass yield. Ex- exactly, you know. But really, helping people see well, there's a huge amount of overlap in these things, you know. Um, the stuff that we we think of as just I don't know normal work, but uh, is you know is really part of safety, is really part of operations, is really part of environmental, is really part of quality, um, and, and you know showing people how in the mundane, the stuff that they don't pay attention to, that's where a lot of the real serious issues are found. Um, because that's the kind of stuff you know it, it's like the getting people to see that no news is bad news. You know, when they're where they're not hearing stuff, that's when you should be really afraid. Um, it reminds me, there's a, a scene in Indiana Jones, or um, it was the, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're walking in to the the right, at the beginning, and they're walking in, and yeah, and, and he says, uh, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. That's what I'm. That's what I'm afraid of. You know, <laughs> um, or something like that. Yeah. So that I, you know, really trying to get that message across to organizations i think is is really where i want to focus how can we more effectively make that point and show people that yeah you know hey we want to look for hazards we want to look for all these other things but what are the processes you have in place to identify the goal conflicts the trade-offs the you know the stuff that people have to overcome every day to get work done so what do you think it was fun it was a great little conversation it was it's always good to get together with those guys um, it's a, it's good. To, it's just good to get together with your community, with your people, with your tribe. Of where they're using a lot on the news um, nowadays. But it, that kind of opportunity to hang out and just sort of discuss what's going on, what challenges you're dealing with, how you're dealing with those challenges, what the future holds, what you're reading, what you're interested in, you know, what you're watching, what you're listening to. Those are really 
great opportunity. I believe the word they use for that is friendship. I think I don't want to. I don't want to lose you in tech talk here, but um, but it's it's nice to to have that sense of community around you, and it's especially nice, I think, to um to share it just in a in a hopeful and encouraging way. Um, because the more I think about this, you know, the more the more I'm convinced that what we're doing is really um we're we're just changing the way people understand and re, re, respond to you know less than adequate events that happen in their systems processes in, in in what happens and and that response i think is hopeful and forward looking and not negative and punishing and i think that's really a a powerful tool for us, it's a powerful tool for our organizations, and we have enough data now that we can say, you know, things get better. Things don't get perfect, but we'll probably never manage perfect. Uh, God knows we've tried to manage perfect. What we're going to manage really is is organizations, people, processes, systems that have the ability to fail and learn and improve, and if we're really good at it, they have the ability to fail safely, learn and improve so that the next time we fail way better than we failed the time before. And that I think is really the encouraging part of all these conversations. It's certainly, it's, it's certainly what keeps us um, doing the work we're doing. Cause I know it's hard work. You guys, I, I, I know that you're up against leaders and boards of directors and managers who really think the only thing they could do is is punish people in order to get obedience. And we just have to help them every day in ongoing conversations that hopefully move incrementally towards the new view to understand that that thinking probably is not going to be the thinking that gets us to the next place. It's not going to break the asymptote. And and that's where we want to be and how we want to think about it. I think I don't know. It's it's wide open for you. That is uh, that's something to think about for sure. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was really fun. It was it was def, definitely fun for us to do. They're always fun. Tell your friends. Um, the numbers are getting better and better and better, or bigger and bigger. One is better, but more and more people are listening, which is great. That's helpful. Um, I think it's doing good work. I sure am getting a lot of really good feedback from you guys. So that's cool as well. Um, until then, though, be brave. Be 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 fearless. And uh, try to get what you need. That's important. Uh, as always, do something fun every single day. Learn something new. And for goodness sakes, most importantly, be safe. Good goes around and around.